Hello and welcome to Under the Influence Podcast. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the CEO and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement. Um, sorry about that intro. That was a little aggressive, but it's cool. We're going to roll with it anyway. So I'm really, really excited to actually chat a little bit more about our next guest. Um, Monica is actually a friend of mine. Um, we met at a friend of ours engagement party, and she's just someone that's really, really amazing and fun and cool and also has probably one of the most hilarious wine buzz stories ever that's actually based in New York and involves rooftops, a whole bottle of wine, some tequila, and a good ass time. So make sure you guys listen for that story that's involved in this next episode. But yeah, I'm really excited. I, I've i actually been trying a little bit more to do these intros prior to the episode. And the reason being is because again, I want to really make sure this podcast is diving into, you know, the power of influence, what's going on and kind of influencer industry. Yeah. Also giving you guys a little bit of insight and look and look into Whitney Eckes. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and leave you guys with a little social media tip. This tip of the week involves really kind of bringing yourself up in with the knowledge of social media. You know, everyone everyone is so confused by social media. They have no idea what's happening, no idea what's going on. One of the things that I think is the most beneficial is still to this day, reading blogs and articles about different social media channels. Actually, Monica mentioned something really, really awesome on this podcast. And she mentions that, you know, it's not always just about Instagram. You really have to make sure that you have platforms and a foundation and digital presence on multiple channels and not just one and really kind of discovering where you're going to be leveraging your audience, you know, whether that's an email list or whether that's LinkedIn or blogs or, you know, just Facebook communities, things like that. So I wanted to share with you three blogs that I absolutely adore and the kind of the three blogs that I like going to for social media tips. So the first one is um, by Later. I don't, you guys will probably hear me mention later a bunch of times, but later is an online scheduling platform for Instagram and Facebook. And it also actually, I believe has Pinterest and I think even Twitter, but usually we only use it for Instagram and Facebook, but later's blog is really, really actually awesome. In fact, I've seen so many bloggers reference it in their blogs, in their lives and all this stuff. It's really, really cool. It has um, recent popular Instagram marketing, e-commerce, so many options and categories that it goes through, you know, nine tips for creating Instagram stories, ads that convert, uh, six Instagram metrics to help you get more followers engagement. You know, like there's just a plethora of value and I love it. I read it. I actually make my team read it, but I think it's just super, super helpful and just honestly keeps us on our toes about what we're doing and you know, what different social media changes there have been. So the second one is actually Sprout Social. Um, again, Sprout Social is another scheduling platform. It's a lot more complex than later. But with that being said, it has one of the most kick-ass blogs I've ever seen. Up on their website right now is 28 powerful Facebook stats your brand can't ignore in 2018. It walks you through different Facebook stats. It actually gives really, really interesting insights into different industries and different averages from 2018. And it's, I love it. And they actually have their whole blog is really actually informational. And one of the things that I do for these blogs is that I always sign up for their newsletter. So I get it emailed directly into my inbox once a week, every morning, but it's really helpful again. And, you know, I feel like I'm constantly trying to learn different things in social media and understand how these social media platforms can be leveraged in the right way for our clients and for my brands. So it's nice to have them just literally delivered into my inbox every single day. And the last one, the last one that we absolutely love and adore is Planoly. Planoly actually has a really, really cool blog. Planoly actually has a really interesting blog. Again, their newsletters are also game changing. I love it. Their blog's really, really cool about, you know, how to different tips and tricks in regards to social media. They call out some really cool influencers. They talk about the features on Planoly. 
they do a lot of, they have some visual inspiration. They do a lot of really awesome things and really kind of help you to really build your social media content to its full, you know, and give it its full potential. So those are my tips for today. I'm really excited to go ahead and jump into this conversation with Monica. So we'll just get right down to it. Under the Influence Podcast is all about bringing together brands, influencers, thought leaders, and communities to inspire and empower a positive impact. Each week, I will dive into the power of influence over the ever-changing, trend-chasing, and slightly obsessed entrepreneurial and influencer community. We talk insider tips, tricks, the latest buzz, and even our top not-so-secret happy hour cocktails. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement, and we are about to get under the influence. Hello, and welcome to Under the Influence podcast. My name is Whitney Eckes, and I am the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement. Today, we are here with Monica Woodhams. I pronounced that correctly, correct? It's Woodhams, but you're Woodhams, okay. Oh, no. Of course. Look at me go already butchering (laughs) names. Um, I am so excited to have Monica here. Actually, Monica and I met... um, Previously to this podcast, we actually met at a friend of ours um, engagement party, and I've just been so stoked to have her on, and I'm just really excited to actually kind of dive into her business and really kind of, you know, have you tell us about this podcast agency that you run and also kind of give us a little bit of your story. So before I just completely run through everything way too fast, tell us a little bit about you, Monica, and a little bit about your business. Yeah. So I, my background comes from the influencer space. I started a blog back almost 10 years ago. So that's kind of the root of where I am now, which is uh, doing PR for influencers and entrepreneurs and also managing their podcasts. So helping them really share their story vocally through the podcast. So that's been really fun. That's a new part of my business this year. I love that. So Confessions Media is actually a PR and podcasting agency, correct? Yes. Which is so interesting. I mean, I, I tell us a little bit more about a podcast agency because I feel like a lot of people are probably like, what does that mean? Like, what does that entail? So I work with my clients in two ways. So one is if they just want to get their podcast off the ground, but you know, they don't like the techie stuff. They're really overwhelmed with that because generally that's a barrier to entry with the podcast. So I will help them get set up, get it going so that they can just take it and run with it. The other way that we work with our clients is that uh, we just manage the podcast from start to finish. So all the client has to do is show up to record their episode. So that includes editing. It includes getting guests on their podcast, getting them on other podcasts. So it's been really fun to see just like how the podcast industry and space has been growing so fast. And I'm excited to be a part of that. Yeah. I love it. And I mean, I feel like podcasts are popping up every different which way right now. And like everyone's starting one, including us guilty. Yep. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I think it's so cool because for whatever reason, I feel like podcasting is so much different than the social media game. It's so different. I feel like it's almost like a really, really amazing way to network and to yeah. actually meet people and also to really I guess just, yeah, start, establish those relationships and start them with different kinds of people. And I think one of the really cool things that we're seeing through podcasting is that in such a short amount of time, we can truly like start to get to know someone. So like you can, you know, get a glimpse of someone through their Instagram feed, right? But it probably takes like months before as a consumer, you start to really understand who that influencer is and what their personality is. But just by listening to like a 35 minute podcast, it's like, you really feel like you're already connected with that person. Wow. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. I feel like it's like totally kind of lifting the curtain behind <laughs> the digital presence facade, I guess. I, not facade, but yeah, like, yeah it, it totally. Well, kind like, of. <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolutely. It's just so different. And I feel like, I guess, going into this podcasting world, my initial thought was like, it was something along the lines of something simpler to social media. So Mm -hmm. it's just really interesting. And I mean, I love it. I I totally love listening to people speak now, which I never told, I never thought I was going to be that person. Like I just, I guess I never tagged myself as someone that was going to be listening to podcasts. And now that's, I'm obsessed (laughs) with them and that's all I do. Yeah. Well, and have you noticed that it's also really good to have no reason that you need to be checking your phone or anything else and you can just truly be in a conversation. I think that for me was a huge takeaway is that I didn't realize how often, even if I'm getting coffee with a friend, I'm still getting distracted by 10 other things that are going on. Absolutely. And I want you to kind of dive into that because I was reading up on you and, you know, I love kind of like researching the person before they come on here. And obviously I'd already met you, but I was reading, you know, a little bit about your story and how you found Confessions Media. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you're at now? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it has been a windy road, but to kind of start it is that I did have my blog that I started when I was an undergrad. So I think it was like junior or senior year. I graduated in 2012. So it was really in the early stages of that. And I was so determined though, after graduation to have the corporate job of my dreams that I was like, oh, this blog thing is just a distraction. So I shut that down, shut my YouTube channel down, (laughs) all of that. And I made it my mission to, you know, work in fashion. And I really wanted to work in fashion PR. I studied PR in undergrad and had loved fashion since I was like, in third grade, the first time I ever walked into a Neiman Marcus. So I um, graduated and all I wanted to do was work at Neiman Marcus. And I just kept applying, applying. At that time, I was working for Michael's at their corporate offices. Um, I was designing their Sunday coupon page. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> Throw awesome. back to those. Yeah. Um, and I just knew I just needed to keep applying to Neiman's. So Long story short, I finally get my foot in the door at Neiman's. I work my way up, go through their executive development program, become an assistant buyer for Couture for NeimanMarcus.com and BergdorfGoodman.com. But I was like so burnt out by this point because I was just, I'm the type of personality where I enjoy working. And as crazy as that sounds, that just like leads you to burnout no matter what you do. So at this time, being in Dallas, that is like the mecca of fashion bloggers. It was around the time that Reward Style was being founded. And so a lot of my friends and coworkers were starting blogs and I was helping them start their blogs. And then I started to realize, wait, they're finding success in this. Why am I not doing it for myself? (laughs) (laughs) I went back to the drawing board, realized I could actually make my blog something more legitimate that felt more fulfilling. And I left Neiman's, moved out to LA to start to work at startups so that I could really see firsthand what it takes to be a business owner while getting a steady paycheck. (laughs) Then that just took the windy road of me, you know, through word of mouth, through referrals, through different people who knew me as an influencer and that I understood social media and I understood blogging and whichever way the person needed me to help them, I would support them. And then, you know, years later, now I'm at a point where I get to decide what services I offer. But a huge part of this journey has really been seeing and meeting all these entrepreneurs who have stories to tell who aren't sure how to tell them. And one thing that no matter which way I've been able to help clients at the core of it, it's always been to help people not only share their story, but see that it's never too early to start sharing your story. Wow. I love that. And I love that you kind of went on this like windy road to get to where you're at now. I mean, I feel like that's so cool that you know, you just kept, you wanted to find something that just fit and felt Mm -hmm. right. And I, I love that. So, I mean, what is like that passion that kind of 
got you to this point? I mean, you talk a lot about fashion and obviously mm -hmm. what you were doing with Neiman Marcus, that's insane. But tell us a little bit about like, you know, your, what was the passion behind all that drive? Yeah, I think it goes back to, again, seeing what everyone, I can see everyone's potential inside of them right away. I can meet someone for the first time. And by the end of our conversation, I feel like I can and like know what their life path should be <laughs> like what like how like they just everyone has so much to offer and I feel like I can really see that in people and that makes me really excited and motivated and I love seeing people take that and run and so I think that at the end of the day I've just always known that as long as I'm helping bring that out in someone I'm on the right path um the other day someone asked you know, like what I would do differently or what advice I would give to myself like five years ago. And it's really like to keep going, like it's okay to go on this windy path because I've really never felt like giving up because I've been true to that, really that core mission. Wow. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's amazing. So kind of like going through all this and, you know, your story and whatnot, it, it's so cool to hear you talk about like all these like different aspects and factors and everything that played a really key role into getting you where you're at now. So one of the things that I really like kind of speaking about, which kind of falls under the same category is, you know, what does influence mean to you? Or, you know, what was the biggest influence upon your journey and things like that? So yeah. I guess <laughs> we can unpack that. There was a couple of questions yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can start with the first one, which is like what influence means to me. And so to me, influence is knowing that you are making an impact no matter who you're in contact with, who you're speaking to, whether it's on or offline, right? So to me, influencer doesn't necessarily mean digital. But to that point, on the digital space, when we're talking about influencer there, I really think it means to be that person who's showcasing the things that you love and experience in your life to help someone else. I think that we get really caught up in influencer, meaning that you spend six months out of the year in Bali and yeah. <laughs> really like, it's, it's not that like you can really make someone happy just by sharing what lip gloss you've been using for the last six months, because maybe they feel like they're, they're in a rut with their beauty routine and that going out to Sephora and buying that one lip gloss is just really going to transform their day. And I love that you're like influencer doesn't mean digital. When we were, when I was in like business school and when I was working with Red Bull, we called them opinion leaders. Influencer wasn't such a relative term until actually like fairly recently. And so I love like, the, like these people, and I'm sure you probably have so many stories of, you know, like in fashion, but there were these people that were of influence that not necessarily we would think were influencers. I mean, even looking back to, you know, a celebrity, you know, so when celebrities and right. athletes and people that were in the, you know, in the spotlight on TV, you know, those are, so to speak, the influencers of their time. And even exactly. still, Absolutely. And I think just the only thing that's shifted is that now, you know, the barrier to entry is so much, I mean, it's basically not there. Anyone can, anyone can do it. And really at the end of the day, back then everyone could be an influencer, your influencer, you know, like there's like a club, the president of that club is probably being that influencer to everyone else. For sure. And even, so I want to kind of with that, I want to kind of move into kind of your own influence. I mean, you work with multiple brands on top of running this PR and podcast agency. So tell us a little bit about kind of, you know, the, some brand relations that you've had and things like that. Yeah. So working with brands has been interesting over the past few years because I always straddled where I was a business owner, but also didn't want to let go of the blogger in me. So what that has meant though, is that I can be really picky with the brands that I do work with. And 
my favorite type of relationships that I'm building right now with brands and that I've worked with over the last year are, you know, kind of self-care related because I, again, I have workaholic tendencies and I need all the self-care that I can get. And I found that my skincare routine and eating well has really been the key to me, not all of a sudden just getting to burnout. So working with these brands and being really true to that and working with brands that I actually use anyway, that's been something that's been really fun for me because I know what it's like to be that early blogger who feels like you're not getting the brand sponsorships that you want. You're working with these brands that you may have never heard of, but I really think that if you just hold off and wait and just take your time with it, then you do get to a point where you get to work with brands that just completely align with what it is that you're trying to share with your audience. Because I I really want my audience to know that they do need to take time for themselves and that self-care is important. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you like are partnering that with self-care. I mean, I, I think that's so cool. And I like that, you know, I feel like from, you know, from like a business owner standpoint, I feel like there's a lot of us that don't want to put ourselves out in front of the company and mm-hmm. don't under, you know, like there's almost like this mis or this disconnect where if you're your own brand, you can't necessarily work with other brands and like there's some type of weird competition. So I love that not only are you running this awesome podcast PR agency, but you're also stepping out in front of it and, you know, running Monica Woodham's Mm-hmm. I totally butcher that again. No, you got it right that time. <laughs> okay. You're good. Uh, <laughs> just had to pause and make sure I'm doing this correctly. Anyway, um, you know, running this Instagram that's also doing all this brand relationship and, you know, you're pitching for yourself in, in these different ways. And I think that's just, it's really inspirational because I like that you're challenging the stereotype. Like you can be landing these awesome deals you know, just cause you're not a fashion blogger or a podcaster or, you know, things like that. So I love what you're doing so far. Thank you. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was, I've, you know, I feel like for a really long time, I had this like split personality thing going on because I didn't know which one I was supposed to spend more time on. And that felt really confusing, but I feel like I figured it out when I realized that, Brands are just looking to work with the right person with the right audience and they don't care what your title is. They don't care what your job is. Like I could literally work in finance and still could have partnered with these brands. Absolutely. And I love, yeah, it's, I mean, it's all about, first off, you're totally speaking my language, but I love that you said like, they don't, it doesn't really care about the title or anything like that. They're looking for those specific audience groups to market to and to advertise with. And I feel like a lot of people, they get, they get kind of hung up on that. And it's like, well, you know, what makes, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I can work with them. I don't know if I have enough followers. And it's like, that's not necessarily always the case or even in fact, what they're even looking at. So yeah, yeah, I love that. So kind of moving with that, what is your best influential tip that you can give the audience? Mm, This is a tough one, but I think today, I I feel like my answer always depends on like whatever is going on recently. So today, (laughs) today my answer is that I have two actually. One is to be social. So 100% anytime anyone complains about their engagement on social media, my first thing is asking them, well, have you been social and engaging with other people on social media? And usually the answer is no. And For myself, even recently, um, I've been traveling a lot lately, and so I haven't really been on Instagram a lot, and I noticed yesterday that my engagement was down, like, astronomically, and at first I was like, ah, what happened? And then I was like, okay, no, that's on me because I'm not actively engaging with other people. So I think that that's a really big thing to remember is that when it comes to Instagram, not just with followers, but with true engagement, like you need to be engaging as well. And then 
No, I was just going to say, absolutely. I totally agree (laughs) with you. I I think that's right on. And yeah, I love that you're, I, I feel like a lot of people always ask that question and it's always, I mean, I, I'm at the point too, where I'm like looking at engagement, but it's, it's all becoming so relative nowadays that it's so hard. It's like, you know what? Engagement's not everything. It's also to what you need to bring to the table as far as what analytics you're looking at. You know, what mm-hmm. stats do you have? What demographics are you specifically talking to? And, and I take and ownership I, of it. I think yeah. like if you have an off week where, you know, you weren't fully present on it, that's okay. It's fine in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely. But, and I don't blame it on the algorithm. Yeah, you can't. And I think you made such a good point of like, well, are you giving back to the social media as much as it's giving to you? Probably not. Are you working just as hard? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. And the second part to it, I think is for my influential tip is to think bigger than your Instagram feed. I think a lot of people get caught up in having their Instagram define them, whether it's defining their business or their blog. But I think we all need to think bigger, like think about, you know, getting published somewhere, getting on our dream podcast, whatever it is that's bigger than the Instagram feed. I think that we put too much weight in the Instagram. Absolutely. I think we do too. I think there's been, there's this kind of like mis, misguidance in that your Instagram has to be everything. And that's where you need to be spending your most amount of time. Because I, you know, I, it's, it's so crazy when you see these certain Facebook communities, or you see these certain email lists that girls have worked really, really hard for. And actually like the conversion rates on those as well as Instagram. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I I love that tip. I think that's so amazing. And I think more people definitely need to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to this day, my email list is the thing that converts the most. No, even if I will literally like forget to send an email out like a month because I'm so busy with other things, my email list has always been my tried and true. I love that. And I think, and that is so, yeah, I mean, that's what they tell us. Marketing industry average says that email marketing is still number one. It's still king. I believe it. So where do you see also all this social media going, you know, that with all the changes in the algorithms and everything that's kind of happening, where do you feel like social media is going? So I think it's going in a more conversational direction. I think that we all can acknowledge that podcasts are taking off like wildfire. So that means that the social media apps like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, they're going to need to respond to that. So I have no idea what any of these have up their sleeve, of course, but I just, I don't know. I just have this gut feeling that they're going to try to incorporate some sort of audio conversational way to so that we stay on their platforms and we're not all just migrating to iTunes. Wow. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, feel I, like, so no, I think that's a really good point. I, I feel like I get that question asked a lot from our clients of like, well, like, where do you see it going? Like, what, what should we be doing? And it's like, I keep, I kind of say the same thing. I'm like, I'm ready for something to hit the market, to shake things up. I'm ready for a new social media. Like, give me like something off the wall and different, you know? I agree. I agree. We haven't had that in a really long time. No, we we haven't had, you know, a Twitter. I mean, well, we had that one, what was that awful one? (laughs) Vero? 48 hours. Vera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was yes. like, it was terrible. But I was excited because I thought we had something new until I realized. No, I think everyone was. I mean, I think the app, it was so insane because I mean, even like, if you think about it, like Pokemon Go wasn't even a social media, but it like was leaked and it became this crazy phenomenon for, you know, a month. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it, it's really interesting. I feel like we're all, like you said, like even like you were like, I'm, I was excited. I was excited too. Like I, we're all ready for something to come up to compete with Instagram, Facebook, you know, all these different things. So yeah, maybe yeah. we should come up with it. Oh God, right? <laughs> maybe we'll have an offline conversation and, maybe we should. and create our app. <laughs> Oh my gosh, totally. So kind of speaking of social media and apps, mm-hmm. what are you into any new trends right now? Is there anything? I know everyone's like super obsessed with presets. I feel like yeah. that's like the new like 
you know, Facetune airbrush now as a oh gosh. <laughs> Everyone's orange right now. Um, right? That orange. It's, it's um, the dreamy. It's dreamy. That's But yeah, my favorite app, I actually just discovered a few days ago when I was at Fashion Week, and it's the Photoshop Mix app for iPad. And the whole discovery for this is my friend, we were taking photos and there was one that she loved with, I didn't have a cab in the background. And then there was one that she liked, but the cab had already driven past. And she was like, there's got to be a way that we can edit this on the go without having to go to our computers. So I was like, I have my iPad with me. Let's see. So download the Photoshop Mix app and you can crop and make collages like super easy with the pen, like easier than on your computer. And so now that's like my favorite way to make collages. I didn't realize it was that easy on an iPad. What? And it's called the Photoshop Mix? Yeah. So Photoshop has like 20,000 apps for the iPad, which is really confusing, but it's 20,000. <laughs> no, I mean, oh, I thought that was like I a think... legitimate number. I was like, what? No. <laughs> but they have a lot. I think they have like five or six that are just strictly Photoshop. It's... But you get access to them all if you have the Creative Cloud. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And so, like, you literally yeah. come up with these like awesome collages. And yeah, that's really, really cool. So, that's, and that's only for the iPad, though. I don't know. Okay. I have the iPad Pro, so it's working on that. Okay, but... so we're going to have to test that on the yeah. old iPhone. Okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's amazing. So I love that you're super into that. I feel like I've been really into this new one called Over. It's like, do you ever use Canva? Have you heard yeah. of Canva? Yeah. Okay, so it's like Canva, but like only for your iPhone. And it has, yeah, it has actually like, I'm very, very impressed by like, it has like a bunch of textures, like the paint textures or like things like that, that like you would have to go and like either like buy off creative market or buy somewhere, you know, for all those like graphic design things. Um, and it's like really impressive. And also too, like their templates are like super awesome. I know, um, I had a friend of mine telling me about PicMonkey too. I guess they're supposed to be changing the game too, with kind of their mobile, uh, graphic design apps. Interesting. Okay. I, yeah. I need to download that. Yeah. Super. It's cool. And I like it cause it's like so easy. I feel like, cause like nowadays everyone's getting super into like highly produced like stories. Yeah. Um, totally. So I feel like I need to like keep up on my like graphic design works. I'm like, <laughs> okay, over is perfect. Yes. Okay. I'm definitely doing that after this really cool. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to dive into a little, uh, rapid fire, some fun, easy questions to just kind of like, you know, I like to hear people's responses and I feel free to like dive into it too. I'm, I'm excited. So we'll always start off with your, what's your favorite go-to cocktail? So tequila, half, half lime juice. So like a whole squeeze of half a lime, sparkling water and jalapeno. Wow. I feel like that's like really, really like healthy too. Yeah. I can't, my, I have a sensitive tummy, so I can't have oh super my. sugary drinks. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, by like, so I felt like that's the best. And I feel like by like, when I said healthy, I mean like skinny, I mean like skinny healthy, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. So, I mean, I love that. I love a good skinny, skinny margarita with nice salt rim. I love it. So that is right up my alley. So, so fun. Okay, cool. So I also like to ask, what is like your like guilty pleasure reality TV show? So I love Real Housewives, but I feel like that that's like the answer that 90% of people are going (laughs) to give you. So I was trying to really think like, what's a really bad reality show that I just love to watch. Yeah. And it's, okay. So Campus PD I love Campus PD. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's basically like the campus police, you follow them around and as they're like arresting like college kids who are like super drunk. It's hilarious. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wait, that's, that's hilarious. Have they done, do they like tell you what schools they're from and everything? Oh yeah. It's usually like UCSD or (laughs) just like Arizona State, like the big the big ones but yeah that's so great that's 
really entertaining. And usually it's just like noise violations and things like that. But just like the look of panic on these like 20 year olds who are like, oh no, we got caught drinking. It's it's really funny. I feel like that's like really funny and also like kind of sad. (laughs) That's awesome. I did another one that my best friend and I used to always just like die over in college was I didn't know I was pregnant so oh uh, I okay I I gotta I feel like some of those have to be like fake like they like I agree yes how can you not know like I don't know I know how do you not how how do you not literally know that you're pregnant especially like I get it. Like, I, I get, I don't know. I don't get it, actually. I'm going to be completely. I don't get it. <laughs> like, I don't, like, like, there's never been one of the scenarios where I'm like, ah, I could see that. Like, oh, that, yeah, you know, I could totally see how I would think I just wasn't carrying a child with me. Yeah. Right. It's, it's mind blowing. So the reenactments for those just always crack me up because the acting. <laughs> okay you're making me want to like I need to go watch this again (laughs) I think I like watched it like one time like I was like home alone and yeah I was just like and it's like one of those things where you're like almost enthralled by like you know it's kind of bad but like you don't you can't look away exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely more fun to watch it with someone because otherwise it kind of feels a little like oh what am I doing you're like why am I watching this by myself (laughs) yeah oh my gosh okay so moving forward um I wanted to ask you we I always like to ask like what is your favorite like buzzed brain story or like kind of drunken story I mean I we like to kind of play around with you know obviously drinking responsibly but we like to call it under the influence so we always kind of laugh I feel like the the whole reason why we really started under the influence was to not only talk with people that you know, are of influence in their established industries and with their established brands and um, audiences. But I also like to keep it very real. And one of the things I love doing is, you know, telling funny stories and kind of totally playing off our name and really getting people comfortable with, you know, where they're at in life and just really kind of sharing their own stories. So without further ado, can you tell us your favorite buzz story? (laughs) So I'll tell you kind of, this is going to be the buzz story of 2000, summer 2018 for me. Oh, that's recent. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So, okay. So I'm 28. I'm single. All my friends are married, um, with kids. So good times, but (laughs) basically like my story is like, they're just like, I don't understand what you're doing because they all got married like four years ago. But anyway, so this is a date story. Um, I was in New York about a month and a half ago and my crush from high school slash junior year prom date lives there. So, but like we did not stay in touch. I think like we've seen each other once in the last 10 years, but anyway, I felt inspired (laughs) to reach out and say I was in New York. So we meet up and we like have dinner, but when I say dinner, we like shared maybe like two appetizers and I hadn't eaten all day because I was in client meetings. So oh, we kind no. of know where this is going to go. <laughs> He's like, do you want to split a bottle of wine? And I'm like, sounds great. Let's do it. You're like, hell yes, actually. I haven't eaten yeah. all day. So three <laughs> glasses of wine, two and a half. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Done. So then like, oh, there's, there's a Spanish bar, like a block away. Let's go. And I'm half Spanish. So I was like, oh, that was a thoughtful of him. And so have a cocktail. Okay, great. Feeling good. And then he's like, so how about we go to my rooftop again? It's just a block away. And I'm like, okay. And now in hindsight, I'm like, this dude has got his dating first date thing figured out. Oh. <laughs> Start here, go here, go to the rooftop. That's a block away. You're like, perfect. (laughs) So we go up to the rooftop and it's New York. And now we're splitting another bottle of wine. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's just like a really nice escalation. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying this date and how we've started with half a bottle and we're ending with half a bottle. Oh yeah. So we have, so we're on the rooftop, gorgeous views of New York into this second bottle of wine. And you know, he, like he started to be like talking about like, just he's being smooth and charming and whatever. And I'm like totally into it. This guy. I know. We need names and details. Ladies of New York, watch out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so we go downstairs. I meet his roommates and I'm like, I'm hungry. We should order food. So we go to his room to like order pizza. And the next thing I know, I'm like having to book it to the bathroom. So, (laughs) So I book it, make it to the sink so sorry. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, he comes in, he's like, you're fine. You're fine. And then, so I mentioned I have a sensitive stomach. I had my gallbladder removed when I was like 13 and I was like, yeah, I just have a sensitive stomach. And he said, he was like, yeah, I remember. I know. And then I just got so emotional that he remembered that, that I just start crying. (laughs) Oh. oh no! <laughs> Back in this room, and I literally just like bawling my eyes out. Out of that was so nice. Oh wait, that's that's amazing. That so it oh it ends in tears. <laughs> and then I looked at the time; it was like nine thirty, and I fell asleep, and that was the end of the day. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, so I threw up, cried, and was asleep by like 10 p.m. on the first date. That's amazing. It's fine. With my prod date from high school in New York. Perfect. I, that's literally the story of the year on Under the Influence. (laughs) But oh my gosh, like first off, we need to like dissect this a little bit because like I really want to yeah, I, I, this guy, like, I really, really do like that he's taking you all over the place. Like, props to him. I mean, I, it's probably like similar to like what we experience in like downtown. Like, I mean, probably actually not at all. It's New York. That's a very big exaggeration and <laughs> not even the same thing. But anyway, but I like how he's like totally ramping up and then you end on this yeah. rooftop. Like, dude, yeah, he knows exactly what he's doing, which. So this isn't his first time. <laughs> well, and okay. So when we were at dinner also, he had like asked me like how dating was going. And I was like, um, it's going, I guess. Like I have, I could write a book on how many weird dating situations <laughs> I have, but he was like, oh, I love to date. I'm so good at first dates. And he's like, I, I've never had a bad first date before. And I was like, lies. Like you you can't tell me that you date as much as you do and you've never had one bad first date. And he said no. But I wonder if all guys think that they've never had a bad first date. I don't think so. (laughs) I think this guy guy has a very, very legitimate system involving New York rooftops and bottles of wine. And I'm gonna I'm gonna end that on that because I I've, I figured him out and I might use a strategy. I'm not going to lie. No, seriously though. <laughs> well, that's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your story, your buzzed brain story. That was amazing. So kind of totally switching topics and moving forward. What is, do you have like a self-love or like wellness practice that you like you re- routinely do? So right now over the last like since this past summer, I would say it's my skincare routine. I've realized that by the more elaborate that I make my skincare routine, the less time that I'm like trying to check my phone and emails. Mm-hmm. So I really try to take that pretty seriously. And then another kind of self-love wellness thing that I do is wake up without an alarm. Sometimes that can get a little dicey, but for the most part, I really do feel better when I don't wake up with an alarm. Wow. So yeah. How do you, how do you manage that when you have to have like a morning meeting or something? 
I try to not book morning meetings. Oh, well, there you I go. Try to, <laughs> I try to not book anything before like 1045 because wow. I'll wake up before 1045 most times. Right. Do you find <laughs> like, so tell it, like, tell me like, I, again, we like, I want to like totally unpack that, but like, do yeah. you like, how do you feel? Like, tell me about like, do you, do you feel like you see results like in your body yeah. and your thinking? Like, yeah, I, th- so when I set my alarm for like, I don't know, let's say like 7am, one of the things that I will always do is just hit snooze over and over and over again. And I actually feel really guilty when I do that because I feel like, you know, like I'm giving in. I feel like I'm, it makes me feel kind of weak for lack of a better word or like not self-disciplined. And that's not a way that I want to like start my day feeling like, oh, self-discipline's already out the door. So I feel like waking up without the alarm kind of just makes me feel just more in power and more in tune with like how I'm feeling that day. I feel like, okay, so I'm the same way. I feel like I was, I snooze my alarm probably eight times. Yeah. That's not like exaggerating. Like I know. Yeah, I mean. yeah. Like if I want to get up at six, I'm setting my alarm at five and like we're mm-hmm. going through it eight times. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I mean like, like that cannot be good for me. Like I, that cannot be good for just my sleep schedule and you know, everything right. like that. I, so I totally understand that and totally get that. Um, but I also like to like, you know, I, I love when your body, you're completely in sync with your body. And like when you can, I actually had a friend that did this in college where she kind of just wanted, she, she never used to set her alarm either, but she had like a body clock that would just wake up at six or wake up at seven. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even still, like I even noticed that my, like in, that in myself is like, even on the weekends, I'm still getting up at seven. Yeah. And I even like, I mean, we have two dogs. So, I mean, if they're not out the door by seven, then we have a problem. So yeah, but I, I like the idea of, like you said, like feeling empowered, feeling in sync, not feeling that like guilt or like starting your day off wrong. So that's really interesting. And I, I love that. Thanks. Yeah. So something I've been playing around with, again, like if there's a flight, I will definitely set an alarm things like that. But for the most part, like you said, like, I think there's something to be said, especially with just like how much is going on around us, just all the stimulation that we go through to be able to be as in sync and grounded as possible, really. Yeah, totally. So what are some other ways that you try to stay grounded? I don't do this as much as I'd like, but I love kundalini yoga. I feel like that that's really good for me. And then another thing, and we're going to get a little personal here, but I stopped taking birth control back in February. And it's been like, kind of like a journey of like trying to like figure out like what my true cycle is, because I've been reading a lot about this and, you know, depending on what phase in our cycle we're at, like we could be really productive or be really creative. And I just really want to try to like sync up to that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really, really cool. I mean, I think I love yoga. I actually just went and did yin yoga for the first time and it's, it was like, I guess with yin, you hold your positions a little bit longer. Um, and it, it feels really meditative because you're not moving so much more often, but you're also right. like in a position where it's still uncomfortable and you're still not like taking like a midday nap. I actually joked around on my story. Like <laughs> it was like a midday nap. Cause I just sat in child's pose for like 30 right. minutes, but you know, it's cool. But anyway, but it was, it was really, really interesting the way that my brain actually was working like in that position, because you're, you're almost in this state where you're kind of like meditating, you're kind of thinking about everything else, but you're also kind of very, very zened out. And it's a really unique experience. So, I mean, I, I love yoga. I love all kinds of yoga. So same. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. So what about, you must have such a tap into the podcast industry. I actually wanted to ask you, what are some, what are some of your favorite podcasts you're listening to right now, but also too, what are some podcasts that you would recommend for maybe my listeners, which are, you know, people that are really interested in, um, you know, kind of the influencer industry and the business world and, you know, kind of just being a boss babe and getting shit done. So yeah, 
both of those questions, please. <laughs> yeah, sure. So what I'm listening to right now is probably one of my favorites is the You Up podcast. Um, it's one of the Betches podcasts. Stop. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Why have I not heard of that? Oh my gosh. I don't know, but you have to like start immediately. I listened to two episodes today. I just love it. So that's a personal favorite. One of the ones that are like, I don't miss it on a daily basis is The Herd with Colin Coward, which is a sports podcast. It's like a three hour long sports show, but that's super random. But those are kind of like my two, like I will not miss any episodes. As far as podcasts though, for, you know, like marketing and business, I think the Profit Planner podcast is amazing. The host is Haley Burkhead and she is all about not just productivity, but about really like scaling your business, which I think is something that a lot of people don't talk about is how to scale your business in a really efficient way. And she, so her podcast, I think does a really good job about that. That's awesome. I love both of those. I love that there's a podcast called You Up. I feel like I have <laughs> 42 people to send that to. So. <laughs> um, but I, I've, I seriously love that. And I, I love it again, like you're so kind of in tune with, you know, this podcasting world and it, it's such a, like, it's, I'm, you know, I'm like almost envious of you because I feel like there's so many different things going on with podcasting right now. And for you to have, you know, just completely be immersed in it. It's so cool. And I love that. And I love that you're doing that. Yeah. And it's so fun. And, you know, for the podcast that I mentioned, The Herd, which is that sports one, even if y'all aren't into sports, I recommend just listening to one random episode because the way that, like, he's just a very skilled, you know, radio personality. And I think no matter, I'm a believer that you learn the most from industries that aren't your own. And I think anyone who's interested in starting a podcast or podcasting to listen to one of his episodes, because he just, he just is very, very good at what he does. You have a sports podcast, right? Yeah, it's launching this month. So, um, so I have the Influencer Girl podcast, which is, you know, influencer based. And then my sports podcast, which is about to launch is how to pretend to like sports. And <laughs> that comes from a lot of my guy friends used to think that I just pretended to like sports or, or like I'll go on a date. And actually this, this title came from that New York date because he said something along the lines of girls pretending to like sports. And I was like, okay, I mean, girls aren't really, some are, but some girls really just want to know enough so that they're at a bar on Saturday and they actually know what's going on, like the bare minimum. Like they actually want to know because you don't want to just sit there looking at a TV and you have no idea what's happening. And I love sports. Um, my family like is a big sports family. My grandma watched reruns of NFL games until literally her last day. My oh. aunt was one of the first women sports reporters in Texas. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So to me, it's normal for women to like sports, but I realized a lot of people don't see it that way. So anyway, I wanted to create something that was a fun, light way to talk about sports, but also kind of just have kind of that male-female conversation. You know, maybe we talk about a weird dating situation and or we talk about okay why is this guy so obsessed with fantasy football like what do I need to know if I'm going to go on a date with a guy who only talks about fantasy football <laughs> and so it's just going to be kind of like a fun lighthearted talking about sports but also just kind of talking about being in your late 20s and just doing that whole thing that's amazing I mean I feel like I'm totally that person <laughs> I, where I'm like, 
Look, I I am a like send me to a baseball game for a beer and a hot dog, and let yeah. me sit and just stare because <laughs> yeah. that is what I that is what I'm coming for. Um, yes. I'm just kidding. I actually uh, was super. I feel like our high school was really really small, so we all had to get really really involved in sports. And actually, I was a uh, I was on I was a cheerleader. I don't really like telling Same. people that. I know. But- <laughs> Um, I was a cheerleader for my high school. And one of the things was, is that we were actually really, really competitive and we did a lot of really cool things. We had a really amazing coach. And one of the things she did was that she forced us to come in on a Saturday before every season and sit with the team, whatever it was, if it was the football team or the basketball team and not, not do like their replays. Cause a lot of the coaches would get like, you know, like their re or like their game notes or game highlight videos or whatever, but they would bring us in and they would literally be like, okay, look, we're going to run through like half a practice strategy session. And then also too, we're going to teach you guys what these things mean. And oh they, it, it was, it was so cool. And like, it was also really, really awesome because like on for basketball, for football, like we knew exactly what was happening in the game. We knew what cheers to call. And like, we were very, very strategic about what's going on. You know, what do we need to be doing right now? What's happening if someone's taking a knee, what's happening if, you know, um, you know, we're down and you know, whatever we didn't get the first down or whatever it is, we, we were totally in sync with all of that. So I don't know a lot, but I know a little bit (laughs) from those, from those things. Well, I used so I used to be a high school cheer coach. I was head coach for three years, and one basketball game, the girls called a defensive cheer while on offense, and I seriously almost lost my shit. I was like, "You have one job," <laughs> and then and one girl was sitting out because. Um, she missed practice, or I can't remember, and she was like, "How many points do you get for a free throw?" And I was like, "Mm." Like, these are things you need to know before the season starts. But yeah, I love that your coach did that so much. Dude, she was, she was raw and rad and awesome. She had this quote where, and I love that you were a head coach because you'll totally get it, but I'll never forget this. And please don't, I hope she doesn't listen and kill me. (laughs) We had this thing where like, she would say every time before we threw someone in the air, she goes, everyone dies. Looking back, like that was probably the most traumatic thing. Like when we before we throw yeah. someone in the air or like oh before someone gosh. goes tumble, but yeah, I'd start laughing so hard. Like, yep, everybody dies. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. You gotta love a solid cheer coach, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's so so awesome. Okay, so as we kind of bring this podcast to a wrap. Um, first off, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and for kind of just hanging out and really letting us get to know Monica, um, talk about your business and everything like that. Um, one of the one things I want to like leave you with and leave our audience with is who is your favorite influencer or business owner? My favorite influencer is Kathleen Barnes of Carrie Bradshaw Live. I want to be best friends with her. I think she's hilarious. I think she keeps it real. My favorite business owner is Allie Webb. I've just admired what she's been able to do for such a long time. And, you know, when, and I met her in person a few months ago and she was exactly how I imagined she would be. Like she is the same on social media as she is doing an interview for like, I don't know, like NPR as like when I met her in person. So I think that that's really admirable and really cool. Those are both really great answers. I love both of them so much. So I'm so glad that we <laughs> can align with both of those. Um, Who's your favorite of the moment? Oh, um, so I have a major girl crush on Allie Grant and uh, from mm-hmm. Be Social. And mm-hmm. I think it's because when we, when I first stepped into, I guess, marketing, I really wanted it to be something different. So <clears throat> looking at Be Social as a PR company that really raises, not only raises the bar, but does things so differently and does things to the best of their ability and things that actually convert and work mm-hmm. is like the coolest thing to be, you know, for, for someone in the marketing industry and also for someone that's starting out their business. I mean, if I could look to anybody that's just changing the game and doing things 
their way, it's be social PR. So major girl crush. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I actually, well, when I was saying that I, um, moved out to California after Neiman's, one of the jobs I actually applied to was for a job at be social, like way back in the day. And so it's just crazy to like, see just how it's grown so much. And it's cause you know, she's doing her own thing. Dude, she does. And I mean, they just launched a podcast too called Follow yeah. Me Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, they're – I know. I'm excited to listen. Yeah. I listened to an episode um, over the weekend. My friend and I, we were, when we were getting ready for one of the shows, we threw it on. It's really good. Oh, that's awesome. See, I haven't even yeah. had time to listen to it, but I need to. <laughs> well, awesome. So Monica, thank you so much. Do you have any like news or updates or anything that you want to leave the audience with? I would just say, you know, be on the lookout for how to pretend to like sports because it is about to be here and I'm really excited. We're going to send that off to all the high schools in San Diego County. And- yes. To all their cheerleading departments, all their sports departments. You have to know, you have to listen to Monica and she's going to teach you everything you need to know about sports. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much, Whitney. This was so much fun. Absolutely. And thanks, Monica, for going under the influence with us.